0: Amen. Well, uh, Preacher has asked Brother Sells to preach tonight, and uh, he's preached a couple go rallies recently, and I got to tell you, they were really good. So I'm excited for tonight. Uh, Brother Sells, why don't you come and preach for us?
1: Test one, two. Yep. There we go. All right. So we're going to be in the, the, the book of Job tonight. Now if you'll open to Job chapter one. Job chapter one, please. Job chapter one, we're going to start in verse 13. Let's go ahead and uh, open up in a word of prayer. Lori, thank you so much just for an opportunity to be in your house tonight, Lord. And, and, uh, Lord, as is my prayer, Lord, anytime I get to teach or or preach, Lord, I want to hear from you. You Lord, I'm just a mere man, and I don't have anything to offer anyone. I don't have anything special. Lord, I'm just opening your Bible and just uh, uh, sharing what you've given to me. And, and Lord, I I pray first and foremost you'll speak to me tonight. Uh, Lord, just uh, give me what I need from your word, and, and Lord, I, I pray for... For our church, and we'll collectively get something from, from your Bible, Lord. I don't I don't take this lightly. I don't take standing behind this pulpit uh, lightly and in any bit, Lord, and, and Lord, Lord, I just pray you'll speak through me tonight, hide me behind the cross as we uh, uh, study this passage of Scripture here in Job tonight. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. All right, Job chapter 1, verse 13, Job chapter 1, verse 13, very familiar story, uh, we're, but we're not going to really focus on Job tonight at all. Uh, We're going to focus on four other gentlemen uh, that are mentioned uh, here in the passage. Uh, So look down at uh, verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters, Job's sons and daughters, uh, adult sons and daughters, were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And and there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Uh, Going down to verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. What a tragic day in the life of Job. Nobody would dispute that. But what a victorious day for these four men that escaped. Uh, four, four servants that somehow miraculously made it out. I don't know how many servants there were uh, that day uh, that kept Job's camel, his, uh, his ox, his... Uh, uh, his, his uh, all of his livestock, his sheep. I, I don't, the Bible doesn't tell us how many. I imagine there were would be a lot uh, to have, uh, I think the Bible says uh, uh, 7,000 sheep, uh, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen. I would imagine that there's quite the group of servants uh, that worked this farm, that worked this operation. But somehow, only four of them escaped. The rest of them were destroyed. They were. Uh, they, they were killed, they were consumed, they were gone. Yet these four men escaped from this tragedy. Four men, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. You know, similar stories have happened in the past where somebody has a near-death experience and, and makes it out, survives, escapes the tragedy. Uh, December 18th, 1867, the New York Express left Cleveland's Union Terminal at 6:30 in the morning. There was a young businessman, a young entrepreneur, on that um, schedule to be on that train. Uh, he missed the train just by a few minutes. Story has it he was delayed because he was getting some extra smooches in from his wife. Probably a good reason to to be a little late for the train. I don't know if that's uh, accurate or not, but nonetheless, he missed the train. His luggage actually was on the on the train, and, and he missed the train. Just after 3 p.m. on that day over a bridge uh, in uh, in upstate New York, that train plunged 40 feet over the ice-covered slopes, killing 49 people on it. uh, uh, That gentleman said shortly thereafter, I do regard the thing as the providence of God. Under the motivation of that event, he would go on to form Standard Oil and become one of the richest men in the world, 400 billion dollars in today's uh, value John D rockefeller I believe we are familiar with the with the name he escaped death and destruction that day he surely would have, have perished uh, yet somehow he escaped he escaped the uh, what what others on that train did not escape uh, you know I, I have stories of my own life just when I've escaped uh, uh, certain issues certain heartaches certain tragedies uh, I, I think about a uh, uh, not really myself escaping, but when I was younger, uh, just uh, still in college, getting uh, getting close to graduating, I went with some friends to the Cleveland Auto Show and looked at a bunch of cars that I couldn't afford, and and uh, and, and had a good time with my friends. And we got bored up there, and uh, and we decided that it would be kind of entertaining uh, to open some of the doors because they were all unlocked on these vehicles. And uh, mess with people, use the child safety locks and activate those on the, on the doors. Because you go up there, you look at these vehicles, and you want to get in and see how cushy the seats are. And so we did that, and we uh, activated some child safety locks and found a, uh, a wonderful place just to kind of sit. And was the Ford section, I think it was an Explorer, and just sat and wait. Because we were kind of bored just looking at cars. We want to get our money's worth. And uh, and get some entertainment out of the out of the evening, and uh, people would come and go, and and we just waited, waited anxiously to see what would happen. And and this one uh, larger gentleman, uh, he he came towards the the vehicle, and uh, and started looking at it. Oh, this is this is it, guys. This is it's going to happen. And sure enough, he opened that door to the back of the Explorer and got inside of it, and closed the door behind him. Praise the Lord. Okay, our plan was unfolding perfectly. And that gentleman sat back there, tested out the, the comfy seat, and he was done, and he proceeded to get out. Took his hand on that handle, opened it, nothing. And you could see the anxiety just through the, the window of this gentleman wanting to escape, Unbeknownst to us, he probably had a, maybe claustrophobia or something to that effect. I don't know. Uh, but he, he pulled at that handle, trying to get out of that. And he quickly scooted on over on uh, this, uh, this Ford Explorer to the other door, doing the same thing. And the panic just took over his face. You could see the, uh, the, just the, the, the agony on his face, not being able to escape from this uh, vehicle. There was no agony on our face, mind you. I mean, uh, now, I don't have a video of this. This was pre-cell phone record everything day, and uh, so I'm very disappointed about that. Uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, this, uh, this gentleman was stuck in this Ford Explorer, and, uh, and next thing we know, feet up, he's going out the back. I mean, he wanted to escape. He wanted to get out of there. And, uh, and so that, that example in my life, I remember when I was looking at the word escape, I thought, I know that guy wanted to escape from that vehicle. He wanted out of there. Uh, he ultimately did go out the front. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I can remember uh, just the look of fear on his face as he wanted to escape out of that, uh, out of that vehicle. By the way, they, you can't do it anymore. They put tape over the, you know, the child safety locks. They, they caught on to what we were doing, I guess, but... Um, I don't know. We may have to go check it out sometime. Take the kids up there. It'll be fun. Uh, but, anyways, uh, escaping. You know, we, we see these four men here in Job, and, and they escaped. They escaped while all the other servants perished that day. Uh, they all died except for these four men. Uh, we, we, we look at John Rockefeller, and, and, uh, and he escaped death, all but certain death, uh, that day. The, the, the gentleman in the back of the Ford Explorer, he got out. Okay, I don't know where he's at today, but he got out of that Ford Explorer. Uh, back at the Cleveland Auto Show. Uh, you know, that, that word escape, uh, the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it, it defines it as flee from, avoid, pass without harm, to get out of the way, to avoid the danger of, to be passed without harm. The Bible gives us a lot of uh, stories of folks who escaped, uh, who avoided danger, who avoided death. Hey, Lot's told to escape for, for his life. He's told to get out of there, escape. Run, go, don't look back. Uh, We know that David, David escaped for his life multiple times from from Saul. Uh, David uh, uh, fled for his life, escaped. We know that Elijah, he commanded that not one of the prophets of Baal be allowed to escape, and he subsequently killed them all. Jeremiah, he warned the Jews that they shall not escape the hand of the Chaldeans and Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, the apostle Paul, as his boat was shipwrecked, The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners, so that they would not escape. And tonight, I submit to you that, ladies and gentlemen, we've escaped 8 billion people on this planet, yet somehow we know truth. Somehow we've escaped the lies of the devil. Somehow we've escaped the carnage that this world brings. Somehow, we've escaped the deception that is all around us. Somehow, we've escaped the, according to the University of Michigan, the 10,000 different religions that exist in the world today. And being somebody who has escaped, we know it's not religion at all. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've escaped. We, we, We don't find ourselves as one of the servants that was killed that day, we find ourselves in this room having been one of the fortunate ones to have escaped. I mean, think about just the the statistical anomaly being one of those four servants. On a given Sunday morning, I don't know, there's what, 200 people in this room right here. Can you imagine if everything would just collapse and there's one seat? Everybody else dead, carnage all around. And, uh, you know, Brother Don survives, okay? There you go. I was nice to you. <laughs> Wasn't nice to everybody else who still has to deal with him, but nonetheless, it was just Brother Don. He's the only one left. I would imagine your life would be a little different. Your perspective may change after that moment. Oh, absolutely. It would be tragic with a lot of tears and mourning. But I would, I would imagine you would feel a greater purpose, You would feel there was something that you had to do. There was a calling upon your life. I I don't think anybody said it better than John Rockefeller. I do regard the thing as the providence of God. We've escaped. We have escaped the deception, the lies. we've We've been rescued. We've been pulled out. We've been separated by truth. Thy word is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. We've escaped. There's something unique, there's something peculiar about you tonight. As you sit in this church, as you sit under the sound of the word of God, we've escaped. And tonight, I just want to look at three different times the word escape is found in the scripture and not view it in a physical context, but in a spiritual context. Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him. Number one, salvation. We've escaped a place, a literal place called hell. We, we have escaped that tonight. We, while other people all around are rejecting Christ, all around are, are falling for a, a lie from the devil, all around are, are holding on to works, are holding on to. Uh, uh, to, to false religions, to false teachings, uh, are holding on to ignorance that there couldn't possibly be a heaven or a hell. We've escaped, and if you have Christ as your Savior tonight, you've escaped a place called hell. Hey, if you're here tonight, I was—I I I didn't settle my salvation until 2018. There may be somebody here tonight that's that I just don't know. Get it settled. You don't need to wait for the preacher to come back. You don't need to, you don't need to do what I would always do, go home and uh, just uh, uh, casually say a prayer in the, con- in the confines of my bedroom, uh, embarrassed I didn't want somebody to know that I was dealing with those doubts. Settle that tonight. You have truth. You have the opportunity to escape. And the Bible tells us uh, clearly in the book of Hebrews, uh, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? We are very fortunate tonight to be under truth. Really wrap your mind around that. All the people in this world, and yet for some reason, we don't go to bed wondering. I wonder what there's gotta be more to life than this. I wonder, I wonder who's right. Ten thousand different religions. Hmm, I wonder which one's right. We've escaped, folks. We've escaped tonight. We've escaped a literal place called hell. Uh, you know, they, according to Pew Research, 25% of U.S. citizens identify as born again or evangelical. I would submit to you that's obnoxiously high. I, I, they, folks may identify as that, you can identify whatever you want to, I guess, today, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I I would submit to you that it's probably not any, the reality is it's not anywhere near 25% of the the U.S. citizens are are saved today. I'm sure it's a lot lower than that. Regardless, though, uh, even 25%, what a statistical anomaly to be able to say, hey, I know truth. I've escaped a literal hell. Uh, we think back to that definition of escape, uh, to pass without harm, to, to get out of the way, to avoid the danger. We have escaped hell tonight. And again, I beg you, if you're not scripturally saved, if, you, if you're if you not sure about that, make tonight the night that you settle that. Escape hell. Be one of those servants uh, that got to 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 walk out of uh, the, the carnage and say, I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Be one of those servants that, that made it out uh, while, the, uh, while there is carnage all around. Hey, not only do we see escape associated with salvation, we see escape associated with sin. It was one of our memory verses last year. Uh, it's, uh, it's a verse that I use frequently even in our Sunday school class if we're dealing with trying to get out of sin. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10:13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? But will with the temptation... Also, make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Hey, number one, I said salvation. We escaped hell. Amen for that. But just because you have salvation settled, you may still have sin may still have a hold on you. Sin has a hold on a lot of folks, even within a Christian realm. The Bible tells us you can escape that. The Bible tells us that that doesn't have to be that way. The Bible tells us that God has a formula on how to deal with that, and it starts with escaping from sin. It starts with fleeing from sin. You see, we would like to dabble, don't we? We like to just, uh, uh, you know... Uh, ride the fence, and, you know, it only hurts me, it's only my sin, uh, nobody else has to know about it, it's, it's, it doesn't affect anybody else, we like to stir the pot a little bit, but the, the Bible's very clear, that uh, the Bible says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, and when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin brings forth death. It's, we see it all around us. Families destroyed. Uh, we, we see the, the consequences of sin. Even within uh, the confines of, of, uh, of, of somebody who has Jesus Christ as their Savior, sin will wreck and ruin a life. And the Bible is clear that we can escape from that. We don't have to be bound by that. We don't have to be prisoner to sin. Uh, the Bible teaches us that we're to flee from it, and we're supposed to get God's Word in us. Uh, Psalm 119, 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. See, if we want to escape from sin, we're going to flee from those temptations. We're going to run from the source of those temptations, and we're going to get God's word inside of us. Uh, we're looking at that word escape tonight. Hey, those four, uh, four uh, gentlemen in the book of Job, they, they escaped a literal death. Those, their friends, maybe even family members, died that day, a physical death. And those four men, they got to escape with their lives. They, they got out of there. And I, again, I submit to you tonight uh, that the Bible uses the word escape also in a spiritual context. Escape hell, get saved. Escape sin, deal with it scripturally. A Christian has no business having sin in their life. You are depriving yourself of what God has for you, and you're destroying yourself and your family in the process by having sin in your life. Oh, I understand we're not perfect. I I get that. We're we're at the very root. We know this. We're we're sinners. We're not going to be perfect. I understand that. But when we have known sin in our life that we perpetually go back to, that's what the Bible is talking about here. Where we, we have sin, that, that, and, and you know what it is, that, that one thing in your life that, hey, I've dealt with all these other things, but this one area of my life, I'm holding on to, it's, it's my little sin. Uh, there's no little sin. Little sins grow. And we have to be very clear with our understanding of the Word of God uh, that when God talks about sin, sin is always equated to death. And we see it around us all the time. And if we want to escape that, we have to use God's Word as the recipe for how to deal with it. And it involves getting the Word of God inside of us. It involves hiding those, those, uh, His precious Word in our hearts. And it involves fleeing from temptation. Hey, the third thing tonight, talking about just escaping, right? Avoiding danger. We talked about the physical danger. We looked at those four uh, men that, uh, uh, that uh, escaped from that carnage that day. Job's four servants that fled from there. Spiritually, we said we escaped hell, salvation. We said that we need to escape sin. Finally, sanctification. It's not just a matter of getting saved and getting rid of sin. God wants more for us. And and this this is the area that I struggle in. It's not about just getting the bad stuff out. It's about getting the good stuff in. It's about getting sold out for Jesus Christ. It's about separating ourselves so that we can be a, a vessel that he can use. It's not just about a checklist or going through the motions. God uses the word escape in 2 Peter 1.4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You can take those to the bank, the promises of God, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, God wants us to be separated, called out. He wants to be able to use us. See, we, we we may have escaped hell. If you have Christ as your Savior, you absolutely have. Amen to that. You're one of those four that gets to run out of uh, the car and say, Amen, I've escaped. I'm not going to hell. Wonderful. You may have dealt with sin in your life, and, you know, hey, Brother Josh, I, I don't I don't have any any of those vices I don't have any of that, that that perpetual sin I keep dabbling and I've dealt with it amen that's that's wonderful you've escaped but if you haven't sold out for Christ you're missing out you, you have to escape the world you see you, you can't have both you, you can't have one foot into the world and, and one foot one foot over here by Christ. It doesn't work that way. You have to sell out for Jesus Christ. You have to sell out. Uh, give your life to him. And, and the Bible's clear that, hey, you want happiness? I want, I want to be happy. You want joy? You want peace? I mean, those are pretty good things. Uh, you're not going to find it in the world. Eh, temporarily, sure, I, I, I would submit that, you know, they're uh, going back even to sin, uh, they're pleasure for a season. But long-lasting peace, long-lasting joy You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it with with a career. You're not going to find it with uh, with stuff. You're not going to find it with a person. Those things, in and of themselves, aren't bad things. Uh, I think we ought to work. I think that's a novel idea. I I think we, you know, you you're married, have kids if you're able to. That's that's good. If you uh, have a car, have a house. Those aren't bad things, but when that becomes our priority, when that becomes our purpose, we're missing out. We haven't escaped the corruption that is in the world. And that's, that's the challenge for most Christians. See, most Christians can say, well, you know what, I, get, I got saved, I gave up whatever it was, the, the, the bottle, I don't drink anymore, I gave up pornography, I dealt with that, I, I, I gave up Im, uh, other immorality, Wh- whatever it is, fill in the blank." But where we struggle the most is with this third one, sanctification. And God says we can escape the corruption that's in the world. And it's amazing that that word escape is always dealing with fleeing from some kind of danger. See, we use escape, just like we did earlier, from some kind of physical danger. We think about the, uh, the house that fell down on Job's kids. I mean, that, that guy, maybe he went outside, the one servant, to get some firewood, and all of a sudden he looked back and, you know, poof, there goes the house. Uh, he's probably thinking, wow, I, I would have been smashed like a pancake. All right, that's, I escaped physical danger. We don't realize the spiritual danger that we need to escape from. I know I don't. We see things physically. We see things through our eyes. And uh, and we, we we like to pretend like the spiritual isn't as real, but it's just as real, if not more real. Amen. And so tonight I submit to you that that as we look at this word escape, as as we look at uh, fleeing from danger, if if we're if we're not saved scripturally, oh that by the way that's that, that's a physical danger because hell's real. If we're not saved spiritually, we haven't escaped hell. If we have sin in our life, oh, you you may be on your way to heaven, but you're bringing death to you, your family, those around you. And if we haven't escaped the corruption that's in this world, if we haven't become sanctified for Jesus Christ, separated for his use, we haven't escaped. We still have a danger that we're trying to flee from. And so my thought tonight is just this. There are so many voices out there. There are so many deceptions, so many lies. We know truth. We have the truth. Thy word is truth. You can't separate Jesus Christ and the word. They are one and of the same. We have the truth. We should have the same mindset as if somebody, as I mentioned earlier, if Brother Don was the only one left and the buildings came down, we should walk out of here tonight realizing I've escaped. I have escaped. If, if you've escaped hell through salvation, if you've escaped sin uh, from sin through the Word of God, if you've escaped the corruption of this world and are living a sanctified life through Christ, then what are you going to do about it? It's, it's interesting. If that's where you're at. You've dealt with all three of those things. The first thing that those four guys did, they went and told somebody. Isn't that amazing? I mean, they probably had other family and friends that they could have went to, I guess. But the first thing that they did after they escaped danger, they went and told somebody. And so the final thought I have tonight, hey, if you're doing good on those three things, got your salvation settled, don't have any open sin in your life, you've escaped that, or trying to live a a, a separated and sanctified life, I and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Let's go tell somebody about it preached a similar message at one of the Go rallies. It's our responsibility if we have the truth and we're one of the peculiar ones, the Bible calls calls us peculiar because we're rare, we have the truth, then we need to do something about it. We need to share it. So just a thought tonight, I'm a numbers kind of guy and and when you, you look at just how unique we are, that somehow we got to escape all of and our kids get to escape all of that. They they get to grow up not wondering or guessing. Right? Have you ever thought about that? Just that our kids get to come home and from grandma and grandpa's house or, or you know, or come home from, from church and and, uh, and and they don't have to wonder about what's after death or what, what else what what does all this mean? We have truth. We can make sense of everything. How peculiar and that rare we are to have the truth. So let's do something about it. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for an opportunity just to study your Bible. and, Lord, just a simple thought. I was just, it's just something that you've laid on my heart before, just uh, realizing the magnitude of how, how, in a sense, how privileged we are to have, have the truth. And, and uh, Lord, if those buildings did fall down and, uh, and we were the only one left, uh, Lord, we would feel a certain responsibility. There would be some kind of impact on our life to want to do something special and, and to want to wanna tell others just about the unique circumstance in our life. Lord, this is no different. Uh, we've escaped. Lord, we, uh, we have truth. We're not deceived by the devil in that sense. We're, we're not wondering uh, what happens next. We have a perfect Bible. Lord, you've given that to us. You've given us truth. God, I, I pray that uh, I won't take that responsibility lightly. Lord, not just for myself, but for my family, my, my kids, Lord, and my neighbors, my, uh, my community, those I encounter at work, those, those I, I see on the streets, Lord. I have a responsibility, Lord, to share that, that truth. Lord, I pray that uh, that your word tonight, Lord, that spoke to somebody, and and uh, Lord, just as it's spoken to me, we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Everybody would stand with their heads bowed and eyes closed.